She's April. And she's Molly. And we are the Book Besties. In this Colleen Hoover book, we touch on the tough abuse, rape, homelessness, and yet it is labeled romance. Let's talk about this powerful, painful book. It made me feel things I didn't want to feel. This book is triggering in so many ways. It gets a four because of the skill of the writing and not so much because of the story. That's all I got because this is a hard book. Hey. You did it normally this time. I know. I'm out of it. I'm tired. We were swimming all day yesterday. So well, that's fun. Yeah. But like I'm achy now, you know, yeah. from just being in the pool. Yeah. You don't always realize how like when you swim, like the day after, I always feel like really sore. Right. Like, well, I also. You're weightless in the pool and then you're like, oh, fuck, I'm actually right. full of Well, weight. and I'm diving too. Like I'm jumping off the diving board as mm-hmm. much as the girls are yeah. and. I'm trying to dive like I'm 19 still and like trying to get my hands to touch my toes and I'm not 19. No, no, way. you just had a birthday. I know. I'm, I'm almost 40 now. I can officially yeah. say I'm almost 40. <laughs> yeah. I'm almost 41. We're rounded on the back half of the year now. Yeah. We're just Gosh. on that later, latter half of the. <laughs> I don't like it. Uh, I don't know. What's, what's been going on? Uh, you know what? I think today is Nurse Katie's birthday, the day is that this really? episode comes out. The 13th? Is it the 13th this episode comes I don't out? know. No. I need to life together. This episode comes out, the 13th is a Saturday. This episode comes out on the 16th. Right? Is that her birthday? That is, is her, that birthday. her birthday. Happy okay. birthday! Happy birthday! <laughs> Oh, that was a long, long road. We got there. <laughs> Happy birthday! <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay, so random weird. story okay. for you. Okay. So I bought a whole bunch of new clothes because I broke all my bras. Like, I, all the underwire in my bras, I had no bras left. I hate that. I hate underwire. I know. I hate underwire so mm. much. Well, I actually did buy some that are not underwire and I'm kind of okay. digging them a little bit. Yeah. I, 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 like I love, they're I my feel, favorite bras. The ones I kind of feel I a little have. bit nakedish when I wear them out in public. So it's like you're like, you're cheating, right? Like right. you're wearing like a comfortable bra outside the right. house. Something must right. be wrong. And I'm not like running. Cause like <laughs> yeah. who run, I don't run. Yeah. Um, anyway. So I actually went to Lane Bryant, which is right around the corner from where I, I work. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to Lane Bryant after work one day to get a new bra because I had broken my last bra. I had to work right. the next day. Like I needed a bra. I go in and the girl tells me we're close. We're closed. And I'm like, what do you mean you're closed? What? It says that you close at eight. And she's like, well, we're just having staffing issues. So we're closing early tonight. And I was like, I was like, look, I understand that you're closed. And I really hate it when people stay past closed. But like I broke the last underwire on my bra. If I don't have a bra, I can't go to work tomorrow. And she's like, well, you know, you can still shop. And I was like, you just said you were closed. She was like, yeah, well, you can still shop. And I'm like, okay, well, this is dumb, but I'll go ahead and shop. So I um, I find a bra and I'm like, can I try this on? Because I have a weird bra size and I don't care what woman is listening to this podcast. We all have weird bra sizes. They're not Seriously. actually made. Seriously. Like, they're not tailor-made for women. They're just, you no. know. 
And this whole, you can go up at a size or down a size, whatever. This is nonsense Bullshit. to me. So she was like, oh, no, the dressing rooms are closed because we're closed. And I was like, why are you letting me shop if you're closed? Three more women have come in since I've been standing at this raw bra rack. Like, I don't understand this. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm just going to buy this one. And if it doesn't fit, can I bring it back tomorrow? And I'm also thinking to myself, I might be wearing this bra to work and then have to return it because I have no other bras. Right. Um, and she was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to be open until, you know, our normal closing tomorrow. And I was like, okay. Like, yeah, because like today you're open to your normal right. closing time. Right. So this is a really long story, but I promise I'm okay. Right. It'll, yeah, it'll be worth it. It's got, it's got a punchline. I got it. It'll you. be worth it. So I go up to the register and I go to check out. And it turns out that it isn't that they're having staffing issues. The AC was off. They were having HVAC issues. And like, it did feel hot in there, but I don't really think of any, anything of it. Um, it's 100 degrees outside. Like, you right. know, whatever. And the person who was checking me out, I was like, oh, so do you think you're going to be open tomorrow? And she's like, well, it's 82 degrees in here right now. And we have the right to close the store when it gets when it gets as hot. And I was like, I wasn't questioning that. I'm just asking, are you going to be open tomorrow? So she wasn't sure. But they were having a bra sale for $35. So I was like, well, I'm not passing the sale up. So I'm just going to go online and I'm just going to buy a shit ton of bras. Right. And whatever else I want to buy. And then if worse comes to worse, I'll just return it all. The bra I bought fit. So I bought other bras in that size. When the package came, the bras were not the same bra, even though I brought, bought the same bra. They were like floppy. What? Instead of like actually like holding my boobs up, they looked yeah. like misshapen. And I was like, well, this is not what I ordered. What so I go to take it back. And I also returned a pair of jeggings that were too short, which is a problem mm. when you have really long legs. Like I'm. And um, I wanted to buy something else. So I would wanted to exchange the bras, even exchange the bras because I bought them on sale for $35. I needed to get another pair of jeans and a couple other things. So I go up to the register. I give her all the receipts because it came in three different packages. I give her all the receipts. I want to return all these things. I want to get these things and exchange it. Well, she goes to ring uh, to, to check out the bras, Mm -hmm. like to return the bras and they're not on the receipt. And I'm like, but these are the receipts that like came with the bag. Like, look at the date. Like, it's a, it, I, I just brought these in. Like, I don't, I don't know what you want me to do. Right. And she's like, well, I can see on your order that you received something that you did not order. And I'm like, okay, so that makes sense why the bras were all like floppy right. and misshapen and like, weren't what I ordered. Right. And she was like, okay, well, we have to do these in return without receipt. And I'm like, okay, well, that's fine because I'm getting these bras. This should be fine. She rings up the bras and it's going to be store credit because that's how they have to do it. Mm -hmm. She rings up the bras and they're ringing up $54. And I was like, ma'am, just so you know, I only paid $35 for these bras. Like I'm not trying to like make money off of this. Like I just want to exchange these for these two bras that are the ones I ordered to begin with. And she's like, well, I can't do it any other way because you don't have a receipt. So I have to ring them up the way that they come into us. And I'm like, so you've got money out of this situation now. So I now have like a hundred and some odd, it was like $115 that I have on the store credit. Mm -hmm. And the bras that I got were not $54. They were $45. And then she rings up the bras and she rings up the jeans. And I also had like those Lane Bryant cash, you know, dollars with me. And she was like, well, do you want to use some of those too? I was like, I feel like it is incredibly dishonest of me since I'm already getting these things for less than what I paid for them. Right. Um, So I don't want to do that. And she was like, well, you can, it's our fault that this happened. So I ended up walking away with new underwear. It was like eight pairs of underwear, two bras, 
two new pairs of jeans, okay? And I still have $10 on the gift card. And I had six six Lane Bryant dollars still. That's that's awesome. And I was like, um, I really cheated you. And she was like, eh. (laughs) (laughs) She doesn't get paid enough to fucking care. (laughs) I was like, um... She's okay. Getting paid, she's getting paid between ten to fifteen dollars an hour. She gives zero shits. Well, so then I paid it forward and I uh, put on my local buy nothing Facebook group uh-huh. um, that I have the six real women dollars and gave them out to a few women so they were yeah. able to because it's like twenty five dollars off of fifty dollar purchase. Nice. So um, hashtag not sponsored. No, that whole story is not sponsored. Not sponsored. <laughs> not sponsored. Anyway, so it was just so weird. I was like, oh. Okay, like I wasn't, I made money off of this. So right. I didn't mean to do that. Well, it's funny how they do that. I got um, an Amazon order once. Mm-hmm. It was, I had ordered like a cookbook and a cooking, mm-hmm. like a rack to hold it mm-hmm. and like a couple other things. And this is when we lived in League City. The box that I opened up with my slip for all the things I got had. Um, the tea sloths, you know, like the little filler things you put in your hot water and mm-hmm. like it, those, it had like these little mushroom like pots. It was like a bunch of little random shit that I did wasn't my order. I reach out to Amazon. Amazon goes, oh, that's our fault. We'll keep it. You keep it. And we're going to refund you the money and we're going to send you the items you ordered. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's a lot of money you're wasting to like. Mm-hmm. I guess they feel like it's more of an inconvenience for them to, like, pay to have it sent back. Right. that's happened to me before with, like, Bed Bath & Beyond, too. Mm-hmm. And then this week, um, I ordered a planner, a 2023 planner, because at work we're starting to plan the winter. And so that goes until February. So I needed right. a planner that, you know, would go to it's the both. next year. And I ordered one planner and received three because they didn't break the package open. It actually had a label on it that said... Uh, distributor break open for uh, individual product sale. That's their fault. So I messaged on Amazon. I was like, I don't want to charge. So what am I supposed to do with them? They're like, well, they're yours to keep. James was all excited. He was like, you can plan for three years, mommy. I was like, but I can't because they're all 2023. (laughs) So I just decided I'm good. Good look at that, James. We'll just move everything a day. All a day. (laughs) All a day. Except that. One of those years, 2024, we'd have to move it two days because that'll be a leap year. Leap year. But I'm just going to take them to work. I have a couple staff members that wanted planners, and so I'm just going to give them to them instead nice. of the library buying them. But anyway, so that's my random fucking story that took 10 minutes of this episode. <laughs> so let's talk about this week's book. This week's book. It ends, is, with us. It ends with us by Colleen Hoover. Man, this is a heavy, heavy, heavy book. Okay. Uh, um, yeah. So I want to start with a trigger warning Mm -hmm. for our listeners that are, you know, this book covers domestic violence Mm -hmm. and we're okay with you skipping this episode. Yeah. Um, I'm also going to include in here right now, I'm going to say the number in the website. I'm going to say at the end of this episode and it's going to be in the notes for domestic hotline violence. And we've we've posted this for you all before as well. The National Domestic Violence Hotline is 1-800-799-7233. And the website is thehotline.org. 
and they have an emergency red X on their website. So if you're on their website and you click that X, it automatically goes back to your Google home screen Mm -hmm. or whatever website browser you use. Um, And with that, let's do a synopsis. God, this is going to be a rough book Mm -hmm. episode. Um, Lily like. Lily Bloom's life is finally falling into place. She has opened an amazing flower shop. She is in the city of her dreams, Boston, and has the be- a, has the best friend a girl could ask for, and a hunk of a husband. Mm. There's just one catch. Ryle just can't seem to keep his cool, and Lily always becomes the output of that anchor. In this Colleen Hoover book, we touch on the tough abuse, rape, homelessness, and yet it is labeled romance. Let's talk about this powerful, painful book. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how I, I struggled writing that synopsis. I'm not going to yeah. lie. It was. Um, Honestly, this book was on both of our lists because it was such a big, it's such a big uh, social media presence. Um, but I do not envy you for being the person <laughs> who is actually um, leading this no. episode. No. Um, so actually leads perfectly into my first question this is a all caps viral book 100 percent. it has been all over the socials since the pandemic started can you see why do you agree with the mass readers is it everything the hype says it is so um before we jump into story like, like yes and no so i think what's interesting about bookstagram and book talk is how they are sort of defining what is uh selling right now Mm -hmm. colleen hoover is considered new adult she has written many books many many books and i find it very ironic that they are located in romance section because yes this is the only one of hers that i've read but just reading the synopsis of other books like the summary that's on the back of the book or whatever what you read on mm-hmm. reads she doesn't write romance she writes i mean she writes very realistic fiction um dark extremely realistic dark fiction. realistic fiction um i think that what so many people who are liking this book um, and turning it into the viral sensation, I think they like the darkness, um, right? Because I don't know, because I'm not on TikTok. I'm I run our Instagram. You run our TikTok. Mm-hmm. Um, I see so many people that are posting dark romance, and like, it, in my opinion, I, those are that. That's not for me. Like, I don't want to read a book where he chokes her or no. Um, I, I don't. He I, I, I pins don't her up against stuff. the wall and rips her skirt off. Like I, I mean, don't. If that's your thing, I'm happy for you. But like, that's not my thing. Nope. nope. And I think that violence that's where, is a hard pass for me. It's yeah, it's for me too. So I think that's maybe where um, this is coming from partially. But the other part of this is. As much as this book is hard, she is a really good fucking really writer. Really good writer. Oh my oh gosh. My gosh. So it's really hard to say that, um, and I know this is something we're going to talk about later, but the reason I struggled with this book is because it made me feel things I didn't want to feel. It, and well, only, it, it, a real, only a really, really good writer could do that. 
Like it also like freshens really old wounds. If you mm. are have ever been in a situation where there has been any kind of domestic mm-hmm. arguing, like intense arguing, fighting, any of that, this will dig out that old wound. Yeah. This will definitely scratch if you have any trauma at all. This her writing is so realistic and it you feel for these characters. You are right. in their shoes. You know what is going on. You know how. Oy, mm. And where we talked about. Uh, so it we talked about- you can feel it in your throat. You know that mm-hmm. uneasy feeling you get in your oh, throat. Yeah. And it's oh, just. Yeah. Yep. We talked about with uh, the house in the Cerulean Sea. That the author was really good at addressing the five senses. And making you feel like you were there. Like you could see that story very mm-hmm. clearly. Whereas what Tessa Bailey was doing with. It happened one summer. Was. I mean, it was trash. It was it was porn. Yeah. Um, to me, Colleen Hoover really engages all of the senses. Like, I feel like I am in the room with Ryle and Lily. Like, I am there. This is, and I am terrified for her. This is personal. This mm-hmm. is, yeah. it's like you're not supposed to be there. It's uncomfortable. It's so uncomfortably uncomfortable. intimate. It's so uncomfortable. Um, and I don't know that I would read her again because, because I don't, I don't read besides John Green, hashtag John Green until he comes on. Um, John Green until he's on. John Green every season until he comes on. I don't read a lot of books that make me cry. Now, I mean, (laughs) The Fault in Our Stars, I literally was sobbing next to Tom that he woke up and was like, are you Okay. But, like, I cried in the shower with this book. Yeah. Like, I listened to the end of this book while I was showering and was sobbing. Yeah. And, like, I don't read a lot of books that make me cry. So, it was hard for me. I do, but. And I have a friend that really likes Colleen Hoover. That That's her favorite author. She's also younger than us. Like, mm-hmm. she has the, she's, you know, just 30. Yeah. Um, and I think that. Colleen Hoover has really cornered the market in the new adult. Good for um, her. And 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 she has a very, very strong following. She does. And, They're and, write or die. And I, it's not because of her writing that I wouldn't read her again. Because like I said, she is a really skilled writer. She's very talented. And the words she writes are beautiful and haunting and wonderful. But I don't read that type of book. So I probably won't read her again. It's just too triggering. And I have no desire to read the sequel because the sequel, from my understanding, is Lily and Atlas's story. And I got enough of that from this book. I don't need I, that story. Well, okay. I want to talk about that. Okay. I got I got us lined up for that. Okay. We've talked about really ridiculous named characters in the past. Oh my gosh. In this book, we have Lily Blossom Bloom. What do you think about this and how Colleen Hoover handled it? Well, at least she knew her name was ridiculous. Right. Like... It was intentional. Right. It wasn't like what Hank Green did with April May, where it was like, this could have been a placeholder name. Like, it was intentional that the right. name was ridiculous. Right. Right. Um, is a girl named Lily Blossom Bloom being a gardener and owning a flower shop cliche? Yes, but she acknowledges that. She says, I can't own a flower shop because that would be cliche. Mm-hmm. And did you see, there was no other cliches in your mind in this book. Um, not really. Um, I, I, I think you have a question about the Ellen journals later. Yeah. Okay. Well, then I'll save my comment on that. Okay. Um, 
this book is triggering in so many ways. So triggering. So many ways. I want to talk about Lily's childhood and her life pre-Boston. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think of the choice of putting these flashback journals via journal entries slash <laughs> letters to Ellen DeGeneres? I thought that was the most ridiculous pandering part of this book. Like, I I actually read an interview with Colleen Hoover. I agree. And she talked about how people think that that was, like, pandering, but she's just really a fan of The Ellen Show. And I'm just like, nah. Nah, bro. No. And then, like, also, Ellen doesn't have a good rap right now. Like. No. She's kind of. No. Mm -mm. She's, yeah. But, no, I thought that was ridiculous. Even for a high schooler, like, hi, Ellen. Ugh. And the narrator, whenever she would do the she little went kid elementary voice, kid, not yeah, it was. I never. Young. It took me a while to push that she was going from, uh, into well, she was sixteen, right? Like I didn't believe she well, was sixteen. And the and Lily, when she's marrying Ryle, is in her. She's twenty three. Yeah, three, so I like she wouldn't five. Um, no, I think she's 23 or 24, maybe 25. But anyway, she's still not going to sound that much different than what she did at 20 at 16. No, you're going to sound the same. Yeah. Um, that was a struggle for me. So this book is a common. What did you think about Ellen? Oh, I think it's ridiculous. And then at the end, her daughter has Dory as a middle name. Dumb. Dumb. So dumb. It's so dumb. I mean, I guess because of her, like. Yeah, that's a little cliche. I guess because, like, her life motto was just keep right, swimming. Keep but, I mean, I liked I can't believe Ryo let her get away with that. A, to play devil's advocate, this is a really heavy book. And using Ellen and all of this as a breaker and kind mm-hmm. of a <laughs> moment kind mm-hmm. of makes the book a little lighter. Yes, but I don't think you need the Atlas story at all. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, book. I want to talk about that. Okay. I want to talk about that. Um, I was trying to talk about that. I know, but I, I have I have an order. I swear, I do. <laughs> um, I read your order. I'm still not sure what it is, but it's fine. <laughs> trust the process. I'll do my Trust best. the process. I'll do my best. This book is a comment on cycle of abuse and how we tend mm-hmm. to my... Mirror relationships we see. The title says it all. What do you think about these choices by the author? Um, so there is an author's note at the end. Um, yes. And Colleen Hoover talks. Is it in the physical book or is it only in the audiobook? I assume it's a log. Yeah. It is in the author. Yes. So. Um, yes, it is. She talks about how her earliest memory was watching her dad abuse her mom. And that her mom left her dad and that she had a great relationship with her dad growing up. He never was abusive to her. Her mom never like talked about the abuse and made him made it seem like he was a bad guy because he was a good dad. Mm-hmm. And so like, I sort of get the whole like ending the cycle. Of, I mean, obviously I get the end of the cycling, ending the cycle of abuse. Like I'm trying to end that with my family too, you know? Right. But, exactly. But, um, what was the question? I just fucking, I lost it. <laughs> I, I I said that this was a, 
a comment on cycle of abuse and mirroring of relationships. Mm -hmm. The title says it all. What do you think about these choices by the author? So I think it was intentional. So I think this was a healing book for her. Like, I think it was a chance for her to heal. Absolutely. But but I also think that the choices that she made, and again, I know we're going to talk about this later, but the choice with Atlas being like a counter to like being a foil to Ryle, I just don't think that was necessary. The story of her childhood and knowing that her dad was so severely, I mean, he raped her mom. He raped raped her mom. mom. Like he beat her constantly. And at least on one occasion hurt Lily as well. Like that was enough to cement the fact that she wouldn't Mm -hmm. want to carry that on in her adult life. Fact. She so, didn't need Ryle to remind. She didn't need Atlas to remind she her. She didn't need Atlas. No, I mean, but I mean, she t- her dad was the mayor, right? That like, was fucking trippy. Her dad's the mayor. It just shows how much power he has, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And and then we go to her marrying a neurosurgeon. I mean, mm-hmm. and I said I was listening to it in the car with Matt, and I looked at it and go. You don't need an ER when your husband's a neurosurgeon, Mm -hmm. you know? He could beat the fuck out of her and fix her up himself. Right. Right? Like. Right. Right. Okay, so let's get into the Atlas, Lily. Okay, so I want to talk about Lily and Atlas's relationship. Mm -hmm. We start off and he is just a boy on a bus who lives in an abandoned house. Yeah. To being one of the best chefs in Boston. What do you think Mm -hmm. of him? Storyline and was it important for Lily? I mean, it's a cool story. He goes from being homeless. He joins the army. He becomes a cook in the army. Marine Corps. He was a Marine. Okay, sorry. Marine Corps. He joined the Marines and he um, becomes a cook and then he opens a restaurant in Boston that ends up being this like smash sensation. That's a great story. I don't think it was necessary to this book. I don't think that you needed him. Like I said, you don't need him as a foil to... Ryle, no, that she had this good relationship when she was a teenager, right? And she didn't need him as a crutch either when she was a teenager. And I really was bothered by the fact that, and I understand that Atlas grew up in an abusive home too, so he was dealing with his own issues of self worth. But I don't like the idea that he was like, "I'll come back for you when I'm worthy of you," and like she hung on to that. And maybe you can get away with it because they're both in their early 20s. And maybe you can get away with that stuff in your early 20s. But, like, right. when I'm reading this, I kept forgetting that she was only in her early 20s. Yeah. I kept forgetting. And to yeah. me, you just don't hold on to that stuff when you're in your 30s and mm-hmm. 40s. Like, you just don't. No. If you're still waiting around for a guy that told you he'd come back for you when you were 16 and you're 40. He ain't time, coming time, back. Honey. Thanks. up, honey. He ain't coming back. He ain't. Um, he I don't. I just didn't think you needed Atlas's story. I, I know that they wanted that to be the trauma for her that like her dad beat I, Atlas, but right. And that's you know, and that she needed to see. I think she needed to see that her dad was going to fuck everyone up. Mm-hmm. Right. I think that was the finality of Atlas getting beat by her dad. Mm-hmm. Right. And. I don't like that Atlas was this crutch that she had to have. Mm-hmm. She couldn't leave a man without, you know, Atlas. She had to like right. that. And that whole poker scene, it just felt that unnecessary. Was it was it's unnecessary. all unnecessary. It's so unnecessary. Right. And, and then at the end of the book, you know, spoilers here at the end of the book, she comes back 
to meet running into him again. And yeah. Like, the They're new, back together. Happy endings. Blah, blah, blah. There's a sequel to this book that's coming out in October. And it's their story, Lily and Atlas. It starts it, where this book ends. And I just, like, there are people on I social just, media that are, like, obsessed with Lily and Atlas. Like, they are the couple. And, like, I don't get it. I, you're going to hate what I'm going to say, but I actually liked her relationship with Ryle better than Atlas. Minus the abuse. I know. I know. Okay. I, like I said, I didn't like the way this book made me feel. <laughs> I need to pull my mic over because I have something really controversial I'm about to say. Okay. The ending of this book was not appropriate for this book. Okay. She whiffed it in. All right. Explain. This book has been about trauma, abuse, mm-hmm. and the survival in survival mm-hmm. the whole time. Yep. And making Ryle redeemable at the end, being a good co-parent, being okay with the divorce is not on brand for Ryle. I and mm, okay. and I feel like if Ryle had any inkling at all that that man was still in his ex-wife's life he would kill her himself and that baby i do not agree with you because i know that we hear stories of abuse and it's typically that it takes the woman a long time to leave and the abuser won't let her leave and all those things but ryo left before this happened he left before she left him when she was pregnant when she when he beat her to the fact that Atlas had to take her to the hospital. He realized he really fucked up. He didn't want to be that person anymore. So he left, he left her in the apartment. He went over to England. Then when he came back, he still like, he left. Um, but he's not doing anything to change it. He's not in he, therapy. He is though. He is in therapy. He was in therapy. He talked about how he was in therapy. It was one of the things he talked about was therapist. He had been in therapy since he was a little kid when he accidentally killed his brother. And um, I don't believe that story for a second. I don't think it was ever an accident. Oh, I do. I don't. And I think that that's what broke him. I The way that Alyssa is cagey about it and the way she talks about it, I... There's more to well, that she story. She watched her brother shoot her brother. Like, that's right. But, tragic. But I honestly think that Colleen Hoover was using the story of her own life to create Ryle insofar right. as he would be okay with, I'm just the dad. And it wouldn't be easy for him, but he would let it go. Right. Because, and the truth is, her mom alludes to this. Her mom alludes to this because her mom says, if he really loves you, he wouldn't want you to take him back. Right. He would know he's not good for you. Right. And I think that is what Ryle, I actually think, I know he's abusive to Lily. I know that that's not something that's probably ever going to change. He was going to continue to be abuser forever, but I actually don't think he's a bad guy. That's why I didn't like this book because it made me think an abuser could be just like, could be redeemable and could be a good guy. And like, I hated feeling that way because that's not normal. Like if, if Tom ever hit me, which I know he never would, he's not that kind of person. If he ever hit me, like that would be it. I would be like, boys, come on, let's go in the car. We're peacing out. See you later. Like it wouldn't be me throwing him out. I would just pack up all our shit and we would go. Yeah. That would be it. Um, But the first time he hit her, the first time he pushed her in this book, I was like, oh, she's going to leave him. And then as she's justifying what happened, well, 
I actually that is such a I was rationalizing with her Molly like I was doing it that's how good this writing was that I was able to say well Ryle's really not a bad guy Mm. but I I do think that the ending was a little bit of a throwaway I wanted it ended so abruptly was it yeah did you feel the ending was believable yes I did because of the character that she built Ryle and Lily to be, the character she built them to be. Mm-hmm. I didn't love the idea that she's running after Atlas. Like, I don't feel like it needs to be mm-hmm. Ryle or Atlas. Like, I don't feel like that needs to be a no. thing. There doesn't no. need to be teams here. It doesn't need. Okay. I am a girl that loves a love, love triangle. I love a love triangle. Damn right. it, Twilight, and the ways it made me love love triangles. But this book did not need to be a love triangle. Um, What did you think of. Ryle's relationship with his sister. I actually really liked how close they were. Um, and I liked that, um, that Alyssa, was that her name? Alyssa? Uh, it's spelled A-L-L-Y-S-A. Alisa? Alisa? Alisa. They Alisa. say it Alisa in the, in the audio book, yeah. but the spelling is the same as my cousin's name, which is Alyssa. But anyway, they, Elisa has a good relationship with her brother and I like that. But I also like that when Lily tells her the truth, she's like, if you ever go back to him, I will never forgive you. He right. does she not was, deserve she, it. What I love is she's like, I love my brother, mm-hmm. but I love my best friend more. Yeah. And my best friend needs to. He can't do this to you. No, this is unacceptable. And he knows that. I know that. We all know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. I thought their whole, like, the fact that uh, his best friend was Elisa's husband was just weird. It is so weird. It, it Well, I feel like... It felt graduated. so young millennial, Gen convenient. Z. It huh? felt convenient. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, you gotta... They're from a out. small town in the Midwest, so that stuff happens a lot. I mean, yeah. I mean, well, you gotta find a way to tie that story together somehow. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm out. Uh, that's all my questions because this is a rough book and I struggled to We've write. only talked for 30 minutes and 10 of those okay. were me talking about Lane Bryant. <laughs> you can't <Okay>. be done. <laughs> that's all I got because this is a hard book. Okay, well, um. I told you to read the questions. <laughs> I did read the questions. I felt like they were okay. Um, I just didn't realize our discussion went in so shortly. Okay, so. Like, I feel like we need to talk a little bit more about um, how she re-meets Atlas. Yeah. Okay, so to me, this was a little cliche. She runs into... Okay, so the story is that Lily and her mom are going to dinner at a new restaurant. After her mom just recently moved back to town. Right. And the new restaurant is called... Bibs. Bibs. Better in Boston. And um, so the book actually starts with Lily's dad has died. And she meets Ryle the day of his funeral. Um, And uh, Ryle and her are sort of dating at the point that they go to Bibbs. And so he comes along as well. He kind of invited himself, though. He did invite himself. He for sure did. (laughs) He invited himself. Um, And Atlas is there as a waiter. Right. And I saw this coming a mile away, Molly, that he wasn't the waiter, that he was the owner of the restaurant. Oh, I didn't believe I was it like, for a oh, second. Yeah, he's not their waiter. <laughs> I was like, well, when 
And he was at the table and I was like, he's a waiter at this age after being in the Marine Corps? I hardly think not. I mean, that didn't seem unrealistic to me. I just knew that they were going to make him a bigger, Mm. you know. So he actually owns the restaurant and is the chef. And he and Lily both appear on the best of Boston list. Yeah. Um, And that's actually what prompts the biggest fight between Atlas and Lily. So their niece is born because uh, Elisa has her daughter and they go to the hospital and Ryle comes home and uh, Lily stays at the hospital longer. And then she, when she comes home, that's when um, Ryle realizes that the magnet she has was from Atlas. Atlas named the restaurant after a conversation with her. And that is what prompts him to very violently beat her and attempt to rape her. Um, um, I want to talk about this actually. Okay. This was in my mind when you reminded me of the scene. Um, so Atlas went through all of her things. Her personal Ryle private Ryle went through all of her personal private things. Mm-hmm. Never once. Like if she had went through his boxes, that would have been a betrayal of privacy. Mm-hmm. Right. Never once does she call him out on the privacy issues, right? Mm -hmm. She never once yells at him for, like, she doesn't make him own up to any of that. Right. She just makes him own up to really afraid of him. Right. She's petrified of him. Right. I mean, can you blame her? No. Like, he is just, and as soon as she started talking about those diaries, as soon as she started talking about those diaries, I was like, burn them. Burn them. You can't find them. Like, I go into victim mode with that stuff. Like when mm-hmm. she was talking about all this stuff and she was talking about them living together and I go, you better burn those diaries. You better get yeah. rid of them. Like, and as soon as he like, Ooh, the tattoo is that tattoo bite. Oh, that was, that he bit her, bit her? Like, like where her tattoo was. And like, she needed stitches on it. That's how hard he bit her. Right. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, I think that, uh, my other issue with this book was I didn't like that we I, – I didn't think the Atlas story was necessary. I've said that. Right. But I didn't like that we got the Atlas story through the lens of a diary. Like I feel like that was right. the one misstep in this writing. You can flash back and you can weave together a story that has a before, during, and after mm-hmm. without using journal entries that are addressed to Ellen DeGeneres of all things. Um, Super weird. It was really weird. I guess, though, the catalyst for the big fight was the fact that she had those journals, but, like, it was just weird to me that she read them. Like, it could have been that she had the journals, her mother gave her the journals, she knew she had the journals, and we were flashing back to this time period without the, dear Ellen, like, I didn't need the, no, dear Ellen, let me tell you about today, Atlas came over, and I was just like, hmm. Hard pass. It's a big no for me. I just... I didn't like the way this book made me feel because I felt myself justifying and understanding an abuser. And I did I was, not like that feeling. I was trying to figure out... My problem was I was putting myself in her shoes because I've had terrible boyfriends. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm like, okay, well, first we need to get rid of the diaries. We need to do this. Like, mm-hmm. I was having to take breaks from this audiobook because it was emotionally and mentally yeah. draining. Yeah. 
because of how intense it is. Yeah. And that just I mean, shows that's how good, good writing, a writer though. she is. How that's such a good writing. writer she is that I'm like, I need a break from this book because mm-hmm. it is making me emotionally burnt Molly, out. Molly, I cried in the shower. In the shower. In the shower. First of all, do you know how incredibly hard it is to cry in the shower? Yes, I do. I've cried a couple of shower tears. Like, that's not, it's not, you know, it's, it's not, it's not, it's a big no for me, folks. It's a no for you, dog. Um, I can't talk about this book anymore. It is breaking my soul. I need this really book. I need to be done with this book. book. Okay, well. I we can be, be done, done with this book. We can talk about what we've got coming up next week. If you would yes, like. please. We only had a 40-minute episode. And Hoover, only 30 minutes of it was of this I book. I need to be done with this book. Well, I can I just tell you my Goodreads rating before we Yes, leave? please. So, I gave this a four, and it's a solid four for me. Um, and it gets a four because of the skill of the writing and not so much because of the story. The writing is so incredibly skilled and makes you feel things that you are uncomfortable feeling. Um, And that's the four for me. I don't think the Atlas story was necessary. And Mm -hmm. all these people who are on social media who are talking about like Atlas and Lily are like the best couple and they're all waiting. It starts with us. Like, that's not me. Like, I don't think that relationship was needed in this book. But it was a very good story. I don't know that I'll read her again, but I did add a few of hers that were recommended um, to my Goodreads TBR. I don't know. It's a hard read. I want to read the sequel just because I don't like unfinished stories. I'm okay with with it being unfinished. She didn't release a sequel. Like, this book came out in what year? 16. Um, Okay, so... She's releasing a sequel now because it's a popular book. Popular book, yeah. Oh, it is being made into a movie. There is a script. I don't think that the movie has been cast yet, but she has been talking about on social media that the movie is called the IMDb, huh? Yeah, let's see. Um, I do know that there's a script, but I don't think that it's been cast yet. Let's see. It is. Well, it's already in IMDb. Well, that doesn't matter. It's in development. It's been purchased by somebody. It doesn't mean that it's... Laurie Powell's... You could find Red, White, and Royal Blue it. in um, IMDb, but they're not going to... Or not Red, White, and Royal Blue. Um, the Royal Wii, and they're not making that. So. Yeah, well, there's a lot so of... They haven't here. cast it yet, um, so we'll see. Um, we will. Who picked it up? Did you see? Or I, she's been posting about it. I did it. it. I didn't. She posted about uh, the script. They had a script reading that fans got to come to the they got to I don't know if they were was a script reading or they got an advanced copy of the script and they got to read it and then talk about it. But Colleen Hoover is uh, attached to writing or at least contributing to the script, which means that it'll follow. I mean, I I don't trust when a uh, major production company just buys the script and doesn't want the author involved. You know what's it, it, weird though? John Green hasn't been involved in any of his, and they except all for followed. Turtles. No, he's he's been involved as like a producer uh-huh. and and um a a cameo p- appearance, but he's not writing the scripts. Oh, right, and, but he's involved still. I mean, like when they cut the author out completely, that's what tweaks me out. I like it when the author's involved in the writing. 
Anyway. All right. So next week we are talking about this book, The Night Circus by Erin Morgenstern. And this book, um, the cover is beautiful. Do you have a, you have the hardback as well? I um, do. Um, it's the paperback is also really then. beautiful. There's all these really cool like lines and like stars and all sorts of stuff. So definitely Pretty. pick up the physical book. One thing I can say, if you are reading along with us, the audiobook for this, I listened to it. It is narrated by Jim Dale. Yay! Harry, I Harry Potter. Um, so I do have a slight criticism, Jim Dale. We will talk about that next week and his covering of this book. Um, but you will want to look through the physical book because there are some parts that skip around and it can be a little confusing. Well, it, the storyline goes everywhere, right? There's so many characters. Yes, there's a lot of different storylines that weave together at the climax. So they all are important, but you it's don't like understand the, how uh, until the It's climax. like uh, those movies, the Valentine's Day, New Year's Eve movies. Sure. Those are you know what I'm talking about? Terrible movies and terrible examples. But like, yes, it's the same thing. They all like weave together somehow. Yes. Yes. Um, and then we are ending the month with a copy of a book we don't have. So insert Wait, book here. Which one? Um, it is... Uh, do you have the book? The no, not Rose that Men one. Murder? No. Um, we're ending the month with um, the Book of Lost Names, which I started I do today. Not Absolutely not. Neither one of us have it. We no. are listening to the audiobook version. So, you know, insert cover here. I don't think Tom will actually do it, but insert cover here. Ten. Um, and then we are kicking off September um, next week, by the way, we will really, oh, nope, the week this episode comes out, we will release a carousel of all of our September books. But we want to talk to you about our first September book, which is this one here, A Good Girl's Guide to Murder by Holly Jackson. And um, I'm about Name. halfway through this right now. And um, we have a special guest for that episode. Um, we have Alexa, who goes by at Cozy Reads on Instagram and TikTok. And TikTok. Um, she has over 11,000 followers on Instagram. Cozy Blanket not... Reads? Yeah, Cozy Blanket Reads. That's what I said, right? right? I don't know. I, I think thought I was double checking. She it. has over 11,000 followers on Instagram. I'm not sure how many she has on TikTok since I'm not on TikTok. Molly can look that up for you. but I'm not um, sure. But here's the thing, guys. We're so excited to have her, but... When I invited her to come on the podcast, she didn't have 11,000 followers. So now I'm like really intimidated because she was like, she was more like our speed when I was like, hey, yeah. do you want to come on the podcast? And now she's like internet famous and, you know. Like, yeah. But, I'm a little you know. intimidated. But um, she's very sweet. She lives in Canada. So she'll be our first out of the U.S. guest. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, she's really great. So I'm excited to read this book Me and too. talk about it with her. Um. And then you can find out the rest of the September reads in the carousel that'll be posted this week. On Insta. On Insta. Oh, I can and, post it on TikTok and now. And, and I can post it on TikTok now. Oh, so it'll be on TikTok as well. It'll Why is TikTok trying to just be Instagram all of a sudden? I don't know. First Instagram tried to be TikTok. And now TikTok's, now TikTok's like, oh, I'll go ahead and be Instagram. Because maybe it's mad that Instagram that Reels is doing so well. I don't know that it is, though. <laughs> I mean... Hashtag not sponsored. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. We need to get out of this horrible, odd, awkward, sad book episode. We did two really hard books in a row. We did. This is why I read. We I, both are taking. We both have taken. After this book, we both have taken non-pod. Yes. I read breaks. another Emily Henry book because I was like, nope. I I'm reading. Happy uh, Romance. I'm <laughs> reading. What am I reading? Uh... I am currently in the middle of Delilah Green Doesn't Care. 
Well, that sounds awesome. It's a I read LGBTQ plus. Huh? I read Book Lovers by Emily yeah. Henry. Nice. Nice. And I'm putting that on next season. I'm probably going to be putting this on. It's super cute. We should do another Pride Month in June. I would love to do another Pride Month. I think we should definitely do romance in February, and I'll do a better job picking my books. (laughs) (laughs) What? You mean the hot fisherman that likes boobies? It's not enough for you? I meant the fact that I picked uh, Eleanor and Park for romance. (laughs) Oh. Which was romantic, but not. it was not the speed we were going for. No. It was a different kind of romance. Oh, Hey, one more thing. Um, if you are a fan of um, Allie Hazelwood and her book, The Love Hypothesis, which we covered in season two, mm-hmm. she released a bonus chapter. All you got to do is sign up for her. The, the chapter, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, um, from Adam's point of view. It, it is fucking hot <laughs> all you gotta do is go sign up for her newsletter i will put the link in the description yeah and you will and she get has a password you will get a password, password which and i haven't got a chance to read it yet because we've been so busy and she has a new book coming out um this month um i forgot the title but it insert this title month. here <laughs> Thanks, Tom. <laughs> and um, also, I received my advanced uh, early purchase of um, uh, husband material. So I plan to read that one. The sequel to boyfriend material is out now. I surprised myself. I forgot I pre ordered it. <laughs> it came in a box with a couple books, and I was like, woohoo! <laughs> Oh, okay. That's funny. All right. I think that's everything. I was trying to link in the episode. I think I it's just not working. Dog. Guys, thank you. Uh, remember to check the links in our description for the domestic abuse health hotlines. I'll also put a link to a couple of shelters that I are near and dear to my heart. Um, till next time. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us on Book Besties. Don't forget to like and subscribe. The views discussed here are those of Molly and April, not those of anyone else. Today's book was It Ends With Us by Colleen Hoover. Your book besties are Molly Biggs and April Watkins. Editing by Thomas Watkins and music is Sleep Sweetly by Prigida. Don't forget to follow Book Besties on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube. If you would like to contact the Book Besties, please email us at bookbestiespod at gmail.com. If you need help or know someone that does, please contact 1-800-799-7233. This is Domestic Abuse Hotline, or you can visit thehotline.org.